This is Small Changes, Stark Reality on jasoncharles.net. Yet another episode of Stark Reality, a little podcast I'm doing. My name is uh, James Deere, sometimes known as Small Change. And we talk to people about music, politics from a left perspective, and generally whatever. This time around, I have my man Giovanni Galveston, a.k.a. Gio. He's a longtime DJ. He builds custom sound systems, and he runs the uh, Festival DMT Community Sound System in D.C., where he's based. Uh, helps out, you know, event organizers and community events have proper sound. Uh, also works with this company, Vocalics.ai, that's doing some pretty crazy sort of uh, computer voice translations. We talk about that a little bit and the recent D.C. riots. This was recorded uh, around uh, early January. And he goes into also he's a big advocate for people building their own sound system. So he talks about that a little bit. Uh, bad dreams and uh, gives us a nice butter R&B playlist. So Giovanni Galveston, Gio here on Stark Reality. Yeah, especially last night I had this crazy nightmare and like I'll tell you about it. It's related to what's going on here in DC. Yeah, and, I guess uh, uh, we can we can get into it if you want. I don't know. How's it going? It's okay, man. Like, uh, you know, uh, the curfew kind of really sucked this week because I understand, like, what the reasoning behind it was and it was important to do it, but it sucked for people who lived in the city because there was nothing to do, right? So these dudes are, like, walking around. You know, <laughs> they're not from here, you know, they're walking around like basically like with all their shit and like yelling and, you know, openly drinking and all this shit. And there was no cars. So they're just walking in the streets, you know, walking around. And of course, you know, like fights broke out, you know, like just a lot of anger. Um, yeah, because they're kind of out of town knuckleheads, essentially, right? Yeah, they're from out of town. You know, they don't want to leave. Um, you know, a, a lot of hotels are like, screw you. We don't want to like rent to you, you know, like, fuck you. You know, you're, you're, you're a bunch of assholes. And, um, and then of course everything closed, right? 
And, you know, the cops weren't really arresting them or telling them to leave. So they were just walking around, you know, like looking at for shit to do and shit to like, you know, like, like anything from like a breaking stuff, you know, just getting drunk and being assholes, you know. And um, of course, locals were like, fuck you, you know, and they're just coming outside, you know, to fight them. And yeah, it's just a bad situation in D.C. this week. Like, I can't even comprehend that like a just like a week ago it was like holiday season and everyone's happy you know at least they could be with a, a couple of family members or get gifts you know and then there's like new years at least you could have with with your close friends and family and then like a week later you know this shit you know it's just like everything goes to shit you know and then now everyone's like super angry at each other and even in social media you can hear you can see some of the anger from people and I'm not saying it's not justified. What I'm saying is that, you know, it just sets a, a really fucked up tone <laughs> for life this week. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, unfortunately, I mean, you know, you got people that are, uh, they're just, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I think they a lot of people might have anger that is then just misdirected or just, they're just confused with stuff and, you know... I mean, I'm not trying to, like, downplay, you know, white racism or, you know, those movements because a lot of those people are just genuinely fucked up. But I think, you know, some sometimes you have people that just get into these bad paths because of, uh, based on that there isn't really, like, a bottom in the society. And, you know, so instead of, like, actually directing their anger towards the ruling class, they kind of fall into these sort of like cons and games, which is kind of, I think, a lot of these sort of uh, militia groups or whatever. It's like, you know, it's just some, you know, weird Turner Diaries, Nazi kind of like warped reality, you know, that they think that they're the rebels fighting back. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think you're right. But it, I, like after my dream last night, and I know I never have, like, nightmares, dude. I never have nightmares. But after my dream last night, it freaked me out so badly. And I'll have to tell you about it later if you want to, to talk about it. But, like, um, that it made me realize something that's fundamental about this whole situation that I never really put into play. And it's kind of, like, on a spiritual level. And, um, and uh, you know, I mean, regardless of what people believe, there's something fundamental spiritual about the anger and how it affects people right and how it's contagious um and and that i think is um a tool that a lot of leaders use to to manipulate well yeah i mean it's just you, well you have a system that is generally like corrupt and doesn't take care of people so i think in that sense people have a legitimate right to be angry you know, that, you know, it cons sort of anyone that is not really at the very top of the heap. It's basically a con job. But then it's like how people react to that. And then you have a lot of, you know, just bad media and bad, you know, like I said, just disingenuous type of like uh, organizations. And uh, oh, yeah, man, it's a shame because, you know. There is a lot of people where I mean, there is, like I said, like people who are just actual Nazis or fascists you know those people are gone or whatever but i think there is still a lot of people that just they have misdirected anger and just go down the wrong 
rabbit hole, you know, in a way of fighting it. Well, yeah, they, it, it, if you if you see some of this stuff, and, and you, you may have seen some of the videos of people that are interviewing them, you know, the moment you ask them, you question, like, why are you here? Why are you doing these things? They immediately want to make you angry, right? And, like, this is what's happening, you know, and you should also, you know, do what I'm doing, you know, and it's like, you're like... <laughs> You know, like, has it occurred to you that you've been misguided? Like, your anger is being misguided into doing something you're, you shouldn't be doing? You yeah. Know? And, um, I mean, it's a twisted thing, but that's how kind of like the sort of white supremacist type of aspect, like, kind of gets in. Like, can you imagine doing that shit, possibly dying or doing that shit for someone like Trump? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the ultimate kind of like carny, like from, carny sort of like sideshow hustler dude. But he's from New York, you know? He's like well, this rich kid from New York. Yeah. Who's Though, like, I mean, unfortunately, like, you know, just like Archie Bunker is from Queens, and, and so was Giuliani, and so was uh, Trump, you know, I forget, yeah. Forest Hills or somewhere around there. So it's like, there's plenty of race. I mean, that's the thing is everyone's always, like, kind of shitting on the South, like, oh, you know, they're so backwards and blah, 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 or, or almost uh, portraying everyone who supports Trump as some sort of country bumpkin. And, like, meanwhile... I think there was some article that one of the people like flew to the protest in a private jet. You know what I mean? It's, I think there's always these kind of like images of what you think these Trump supporters are sort of classic racist is like something out of the Dukes of Hazard. But a lot of these people have money and aren't necessarily from the South. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yes. I like some of the congressmen, you, you know, you have some of the congressmen from, Freaking New York and Cali too, from, I think. From too, Maryland, right? yeah, you know, <laughs> where I'm, I'm at. Like, uh, what you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think. There? Well, I mean, that's the thing is, I think this kind of like racism it really comes from everywhere. It's not just in the South. I think it's kind of like, I mean, if anything, you know, you could see like some of the things like Georgia slowly turning blue or what they say purple, where it's kind of mixed. Yeah, I mean, I mean again, it's, not it's that everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm like even really caring so much about like electoral politics less and less these days just because I, I really feel like a lot of these candidates are bs but you know i do think that like within the south you know you shouldn't easily discount it and also for on the same coin you shouldn't necessarily say places like new york or california are free of racism you oh know, my god quite the opposite, last you know last winter not of course not this winter we didn't do anything but last winter we went to um uh, north of um, Maryland, this is like ski, like resort, North Maryland, near near PA, but still Maryland side. And um, you know, I've always I I grew up in D.C. Maryland, and I always thought to myself as that, you know, I always thought like, okay, well we're like you know, in the north, and we're liberal and all this stuff, and we're, you know, racism is somewhere else. I guess I thought that, you know, and I guess I, I know it's not true. But I always just imagined that's true, and so therefore I believed it, or I wanted to believe it. Right, right. And I remember we, we made the exit on the highway to get to this, like, resort town, you know, and it's a smaller town, a lot of, you know, kind of agricultural type of uh, area. First house that we turn in, like, right off the exit of the highway, a bunch of um, nooses everywhere on the trees. Wow, that's fucked up. Wow. And like, like these dummies that were painted dark, hanging 
from the nooses with like this big sign basically saying like you know no trespassing you know like 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 basically implying that you know well you know obviously it's it's got to be people who are black who are going to want to steal from me right so this is going to show them what we're going to do to them and i'm like i was like i was like i couldn't even talk for like the next like half hour i was so angry and um you know and and then the, the worst part is like some of the people i was with you know they were like i oh, just don't think about it it's no big deal i'm like no big deal yeah i mean when, <laughs> the thing the is, it's, am I? it's scary when it's that blatant you know yeah it's scary when it's that blatant for sure but uh you know no one says anything to this person no one ste steps up no leader steps up nobody so he's just like that's what i'm gonna do you know and that's how i feel and you should feel that way too because they're gonna go after you and you know and your property and um so yeah man it's um it's a sad state of events and um you know maybe now you know like maybe some some people will, will just wake up to how fucked up it is you know even like some of the ruling class who were basically like in the capital <laughs> and where they were you know head hunting for them you know they maybe they'll realize how messed up things are right now you know because yeah. of the situation i don't know i mean there's a lot of talk about people you know like sort of like either banning trump or other people but i think what happens the scary thing uh which you know people i follow on twitter have mentioned is that a lot of times when they might take out somebody you don't like but they'll use that as a pretense for then taking out a bunch of quote-unquote radical left-wing type activists or or independent news media so that's the thing that sometimes i'm wary about giving you know all this kind of censorship power to you know the people that own social media like jack dorsey or zuckerberg because i don't really want them you know deciding who i should be able to see or not i mean it's one thing if people are are literally inciting violence you know but I don't know. There's also it's kind of there's sort of a definitely a two-sided coin when you're kind of giving the state more power of censorship or even just letting these social media companies dictate that because a lot of times I feel like it does eventually uh, fall back on more on the left, you know. Like sort of like taking out some right-wing people as sort of a way to say, you know, well, now that we're in charge and we can do this, now we're going to do this to other people. So you know, but I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, ridiculous. I mean, I think like they're now talking about, you know, doing some sort of impeachment. It's like, what, are you going to give the guy two weeks notice when he has 12 days left in office? I mean, it, yeah, it's kind it, of a, it seems it's kind like of, some fucking theater straight up, you know. Well, well, you know, actually, it's funny you say that because, that, you know, what reminded me of that is or what I thought of when you when that happened, when I saw it, I was like. And and now all these cabinet people quitting, saying oh, I'm not, you know, part of that. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but but I, I, it reminded me of uh, my friend who does security. He does IT security in New York, like for big banks. You know what I mean? Like big investment firms and stuff like that. And uh, he told me like he gets calls after they've been hacked. You know what I mean? Like it's like they just left the door wide open. They've been hacked. And now they want security. Now they're like, yeah, we have to fix this. You know, we're going to, 
you know and then he's like look i'll take your money i'll put all this like security servers all this shit but you already got robbed you know what i mean like you should have been doing that before <laughs> right right and it's like you know you're you're already it's already happened it's it's kind of like well you know, uh, yeah i mean that's the whole thing is like to to try and just get them you know get like trump like when they finally mustered impeachment it was about russia which was a you know in my opinion complete bullshit when you have so many actual legitimate things that he's done you know to kind of choose that route it's you know like i said i i look at the democrats as like controlled opposition like you know people are like oh they're spineless or they're just you know but i think they actually know what they're doing and they kind of ride that line you know to kind of appease their corporate backers and if anything well, think, like the you know someone was mentioning i think on the oh, i forget i was listening to like bai or something but they were mentioning that you know they can use the impeachment as a way to fundraise so in a way it's kind of like we'll go through this little dog and pony show to use it to fundraise more for the dnc or whatever so there's definitely know. a lot of truth to that man and and i think it's important for people to understand that you can't follow politicians blindly, no matter how much they speak to you um, or whether they agree on a specific issue that you that really are is like close to your home. They're politicians. They're not your you friends, know? you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're technically people like the cops, supposedly, that are supposed to work for us. But many times they don't. So, yeah. you know, if anything, I mean, even some of these people, they're just know. they want money and they want power. That's, right what they do yeah you know <laughs> so <laughs> you know yeah interestingly enough but you know you got to keep them in check like they do in yeah, europe exactly you know? exactly exactly but um anyways geo giovanni so yeah. nice to talk to you man for sure yeah, man, nice to talk to you as well um now let's talk uh i know that you kind of are way up in like sound systems and stuff like that how long have you yeah. been uh, putting together sound systems for? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I come from the television broadcast industry. So I've been doing audio video for, you know, over 20 years. Um, and I used to be like uh, an integrator. We would set up sound systems for, you know, big studios, um, small studios. And that's how I, I learned about engineering you know oh, so you everything. actually were installing like sounds sound systems in studios that's right oh like, wow not for okay concerts but yeah like you know big studios like mixing studios mixing studios and um also like um studios for uh doing actual shoots right because they needed sound as well for specific things so to me a sound system maybe someone's definition of a sound system is like you know okay you know live music but actually, a sound system has a can be for your home. It could be for a studio. It could be for a mixing studio. Um, it could be for a church, you know, uh, a, an amphitheater. So there's a lot of different types of sound systems. It could even a surround sound setup for your home theater. That's considered a sound system. And um, so yeah, I learned a lot, you know, over those years. Like I would do it professionally, um, but I never really you know, I knew how to, how it worked and how to set it up and make it sound good, but I, I didn't know how to build it, right? Like I'm talking from scratch. 
And that is something I started doing about five years ago. Yeah, well, so what was the initial, like, inspiration to be like, okay, like, you know what, I'm going to actually make my own speakers. Was there any kind of, like, something that happened that was like, okay, let's do this, or? Yeah, um, so I, you know, I, I've been DJing as well for, like, a long time, <laughs> like, 20 plus years, and um, so I, I knew about sound uh, for live events, but one thing that I knew the most about it was how expensive they are. You know, especially when you're talking about, you know, hundreds of people, 500, 1,000 people, you know, it ends up costing a lot, even for rentals. And uh, it's not the kind of thing that, um, you know, unless you're doing it often and a lot of it, you just can't invest in it, you know. It's just not worth it. You're going to end up, you know, holding the bag. And we went to um, an event. It was a, uh, a regional uh, kind of Burning Man event called, um, actually, I met you there. <laughs> it was called uh, Freeform. Oh, really? So that was the year that you decided? Yeah, that was the year. Oh, that's, that's right. wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where, I w that's where we met. It was like a regional burn, Freeform. They had they did it in, a, well, where we met was in, in Pennsylvania somewhere. Pennsylvania, but they did a few in Jersey as well. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think they did right. four of them. They did. A, they kind of did two in South Jersey, Central Jersey, and then two in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they found different spots to do it. That's right. That's right. And you know, it's a, it's a good event. It was really like homegrown, and you know, yeah, it was a, a nice homegrown locals. event. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, no that's, pretentious stuff. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's what's nice is that within those kind of events, sometimes it is easier to meet. You know, that's how we met. I didn't know you from Adam, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I think this is small enough where you could really meet everyone, and it was it was cool. Um, and so anyway, so but one of the things that they they did at least that year is they you know they rented a really nice sound system for their main dance area, right? And uh, yeah, it sounded great, you know, but it cost them a buttload of money to rent it for like yeah, because I think it was uh, it was a function one system for like uh, events. Yeah, because I think uh, Joe every day. Who who did a lot of the pecs, you know? That was also in uh, Maryland. That was like a local regional burn. Um, but uh, I think he set up the sound system for that. That's right. It, it was him, uh, his company. Yeah, like three forty events correct. or something like um, that. But you know, but you know, like one of the things about it was like you know, freeform like because a huge budget. Um, so they spent a lot of their budget on renting the sound. And um, so me and my, my carpenter buddy, we, like, you know, we were checking it out, you know. We we're like, well, this is cool, you know. This is, like, looks nice, like, very, uh, like, we look at horns. We're looking at the build quality. We, we saw, like, how, and I said, you know, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we could build one. You know, we could build something like this, you and me, like, with my you know, engineering knowledge and your carpentry knowledge. We could try to see if we can match something like this. And um, and maybe that could help, you know, smaller events. I couldn't afford to rent this, right? And so then we, that kind of, start. that's how it started. And uh, so, you know, like a week later, we just hit the, like, hardware store and bought, like, huge sheets of plywood. And, you know, we just started going at it, started coming up with plans and, cutting in buying like you know horns and drivers and 
you know, just kind of, we didn't really know too much about it because there's a whole different science behind building something that, that industrial, right? Versus just like a little home speaker or a studio speaker. Um, and it was, um, it was a, it took us a long time to really dial it in, to really figure out what the best type of materials to use. Like the best type of wood? Yeah, best type of wood, like each wood has a certain kind of resonance, you know. Some people that maybe play um, like wood instruments like the cello and violin, they could tell you, you know, like it, it, it affects the way it sounds. For bigger type of sound systems, something like a Function 1, they use birch plywood. Uh, they use really, you know, they use thick birch plywood and they, they have like really, really strong bracing inside. And that really affects the way the bass um, uh, you know, is is hitting you, and the way it, it sounds as well, and um, and you know, of course, you know, people like Function One. They came from Turbo Sound, so they have like you know, maybe forty years of experience. You know, right, we just right. started. Well, I think yeah, I think the dude who 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 started uh, Function One, like Turbo Sound and Function One, was doing sound at Glastonbury way back yeah. in the day so uh yeah you're talking about decades of uh sound experience uh experience etc that's yeah. right you know th these guys like built you know speakers for like live a lot of people don't know this but they they built it originally for bands you know because back in the 70s there there wasn't djs you know right exactly and right. um but but nowadays they're known for like you know the kind of the club culture you know like festival scene just because it's been popular in the last 10 or so years. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of having that kind of like a very strong, you know, sort of bass sound, but also being kind of crisp so it doesn't sound too muddied out, you know, in terms of dance music. So you can kind of hear the low and the highs, you know, basically. But yeah. yeah and, and, you know, the, the truth is um, their, their design kind of borrows a lot from some of these jamaican style like the sound systems you know right if you've right. been there and you know like this reggae type of sound systems there they have a driver per frequency almost right they always have like the bottom like these big scoops then they have like the mid bass and then the kick yeah, like and, the horns and then the tweeters know, yeah that, i mean obviously you can't talk about sound system culture without mentioning jamaica of course you know and they have like, of course, crazy, you know, custom systems that go way back, you know. So yeah, exactly. That's almost like a completely different subculture, you know. People, uh, the dub, uh, Jamaican dub culture is. Well, even know, kind of sound clash. I mean, well, I went to sound clashes in Colombia too. Where there is that just kind of general sound system culture, and even obviously like Cool Herc and you know flash all those guys used to battle with sound systems back in the day in the bronx as well so yeah i mean i think there's always this kind of like sound system culture and obviously meeting you at burning man related events in the burn you know it's not quite the same as say like a sound system clash but in in some ways it is in terms of you have these different camps that try to like have some insane function one or pk sound system like they're <laughs> like who has you know, some ACDC shit, like who has the biggest balls of them all kind of on the plot. <laughs> I have the biggest balls, you know, check out my system, you know, kind of so, shit. So it's funny you say that because before, you know, before Freeform, I remember um, 
the first time I heard about Function One, it was like at Burning Man in 2013. That's the first year I went. And uh, some some of my 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 friends from the camp, they were like, "Oh, let's go to um, I think it was like Uligan's, you know, alley, where they had like this airplane type of DJ set, DJ booth out on like I think it was like over by and uh, the Esplanade by by like three or four four o'clock or something like that and um and they were like yeah they have this 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 function one sounds and i'm like what the hell is that you know <laughs> you're like ooh la la yeah i'm like ooh la fucking la yeah i'm like i don't do they have fuck. absinthe I'm the, is that really I'm, yeah <laughs> they have ice uh, yeah like, do they have <laughs> ice exactly do their, does their bar have ice because that's what yeah, we're concerned they, with. are they exactly. making grilled cheese sandwiches no, i'm hungry <laughs> But for some reason, they were sweating it, you know, they were sweating it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's go, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, we went, it sounded good, but I didn't give a fuck, you know. It was just like, but but for some reason, I don't know what was the hype behind it or, like, the fact that it's so expensive to buy that thing. um, That, you know, they were, like, using it almost as a way to promote their camp, Right. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but I imagine, you know, I've seen, you know, art cars even last year, you know, in 2019, it's two years ago now, (laughs) that they were like, yeah, we want to fundraise for our art car so we can afford to rent a Function 1 for our art car. And they would have like literally on their thing, you know, help us raise money so we can, and I'm like, I, I thought it's kind of warped. <laughs> there, might yeah. be, there, there might be better causes in the world, you know. No, yeah, no, no yeah. disrespect to your art car. Or I mean, look, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have trips like. First of all, there's two <laughs> things. If you're gonna have like good sound, your art car, great. If you can afford it, even better for you. But you want me to fit, you know, foot the bill so you can have this fancy sound system, and then you're you're putting it out there, like you know, like now it's a way to get people to come and. Into well, yeah, car, I think it's I, it's this whole kind of corny culture where people can almost like, well, we can just fundraise anything, and all you have to do is just put your intent behind it and send good positive vibes. But I, I do think some of it is a little, uh, it's a little warped, you know, in terms of fundraising. Like, I mean, whatever. I guess if you can raise the money, it's great. But you know, it does seem uh, a bit ridiculous, you know fundraise me so i can you know go to peter luger's and get a a nice steak dinner with my girl (laughs) you know it's like yeah yeah it seems it seems a little excessive you know nowadays i think people are really understanding you know like you know there's some people that right now are hungry they're going hungry they don't have food enough for their families yeah i mean well that's where sometimes that side of the burning man culture gets a little insidious and i do kind of shit on it from time to time even though i've obviously been a part of it for a long time because i do think sometimes you just get people who are kind of lost in the sauce like that they don't they're not really that grounded in reality in terms of i don't know you know i'm not trying to make a generalization for all burners but you know you in terms of you know you just see there is that kind of side of it. I mean, I know even your friend was making that video of like sexual assault stuff that was going on at certain camps and, you know, kind of getting sort of ignored or if it's, you know, sometimes, you know, some something that's kind of popular, then they don't want to knock it. And it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes there is a side of Burning Man culture where they're not necessarily good at like taking a look at themselves, you know. 
Well, you know, having said that, though, you know, there are a lot of people who are innovators at the burn. Yeah, um, no, who, I'm not hating on. I mean, I obviously go there and enjoy it, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, what I, I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at, not so much that anything you said, because there are some straight up assholes that I don't, I don't even talk to, you know. But like, there's people that are very talented. You know, they're talented woodworkers. They're talented. They can build such beautiful things, and so that was kind of the goal behind me building sound systems too, because that that spoke to me. You know, like you have sometimes these camps were really beautiful you know like people put their heart and soul into designing the art for it made out of wood or whatever the, the material is made out of metal and um and when it comes to sound a lot of times they just default to well let's just go buy it or let's just you know fundraise an extra 20 grand to, to get it and i and i thought well that's kind of a shame because the truth of the matter is that in a lot of ways, you know, someone like a function one, they, they looked at it as an art form. They wanted to build something that was aesthetically beautiful, but also sounded good. Um, and uh, you can do that too, you know. If you have the, the, the knowledge, the engineering knowledge, and the woodworking skills, you can do it too. You can build something that sounds amazing, that also fits within your, your theme, your art theme. And in some cases, uh, some burners have, you know, like, for example, um, I want to just mention some art cars like, I think it like Calliope, um, you know, there's some custom woodworking there and they use some old 70s um, horns to build it. Um, there's a lot of examples of that, you know, it's not, I'm not the only person doing it, but you, you know, they don't really get the credit that they deserve because it's not a name brand sound system. Yeah, you know. I mean, I know that I know we've talked about this before on a BMIR on a Burning Man's radio station when I talked to you there. But, uh, you know, people like uh, the PLF crew in Richmond For and uh, the Blackbird bus. Blackbird. Because they, they, they made their base. And that was from like a, a pattern on the Internet, actually. I mean, I think they did some research, but then they got all the wood cut or laser cut to... And then they, you know, assembled it, put the uh, drivers in. And then two, right. two different camps were able to kind of get base bins from that, you know. So Yeah, and they're, and they're like, they're and it, really and cool it kicks. people. Man, it kicks. Yeah, it, you it, know? it sounds great. And they're really cool people. They'll, like, talk to you about it, you know. They'll share some of their, their, their yeah, knowledge Yeah, and, and, and on that style, it's like trying to have a system that seriously kicks that you don't have to put whatever tens hundreds of thousands millions or whatever you put into some crazy custom type system you know that's right but like there's also a flip side like if i were uh, i'm never going to be running burning man i don't even know if i'm ever going to go back you know at this this stage but yeah we'll see uh, if 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 i was um you know like in charge of kind of you know that that element of um decommodification I'd basically say all all name brand sound systems are banned, you know. Like if you want to bring a sound system, build it. And I know that's radical, but the truth is that if you did that, you would see some serious innovation, in my opinion. You know, you would say, well, who knows how to do this? You know, who knows engineering? Who knows horn building? Who knows this? You know, like, and they'll borrow from camps that are doing that. And it could become this kind of cool culture 
just like in the old days, like Cool Herc and, you know, in, in, in the Bronx and and even the Jamaican style sound systems, you know, where everyone just as a community can build their own. And not only that, but, you know, they're sharing the knowledge with their their campmates and that turns into something outside of 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 Burning Man, which is only like a week. Right. Um and that I think is is really innovative. You know, there, there's there's things kind of like that already out in the world. Like uh, I think in the UK they have this. It's like a parade, I think, where it's like different sound systems come out and all the Jamaican sound systems come out, and everyone looks at them. You know, and they're checking them out each each person's design, how they've changed it, how what they've innovated, what are some of the newer technologies that they used, and the truth is, um technology is constantly evolving when it comes to sound and uh to to know how to you know create something with your hands also means you're 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 innovating you're researching you're finding um i reached out for example to a, a company um called celestion they're out of the uk they make the actual drivers you know they make right, like the, right. the tweeters and the mid-ranges and this one guy he was just like I love what you're doing, you know, like I explained to him how like I build speakers and I gift them to like dance, you know, academies in DC and, or I just, you know, if someone can't afford it, I'll still go and do their, their, their event for free. And they're like, we love that. That's so cool. We want to hook you up with some of our latest technologies, you know, and they would send me like prototypes. In fact, I have one right here <laughs> and, uh, this guy is a really like unreleased driver and um it um it has got it can go like normally high frequency drivers can only go so low this one can go down to like 300 hertz if you can believe that so it's it's both a mid-range and a high frequency driver you know and like with that i'm like oh my gosh i don't need like a big top now I can get like a small top with a big horn that's super light and it'll be just as loud as like one of those big tops, you know, like like those two-way tops. Nice, nice. Um, and so, you know, that also means like what if I make it more compact? You know, why if, what if I don't need like this huge like semi-truck to bring my sound system? Maybe I can put in my hatchback and still like get the same decibels and 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 the throw yeah they're kind of like doing a lot of crazy things with speakers where it seems like you have these smaller speakers that really throw which i think someone mentioned it was maybe the magnets they're using or or maybe the design but it does seem crazy you do have these smaller speakers that really seem to kick you know that's right and, and like in the case of like say going to the playa or even regional burns the smaller they are the better you know that saves you money you know, it saves your back. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No speakers like moving those. I've moved like some big ass subs with like multiple people. And it's like, yeah, it's like, the, you know, it's like you're burying someone basically. That's right. You need some help, you know, going upstairs, especially, you know, I've done gigs where I got to go upstairs. With, like, yeah, I've, I, I've, I've helped set up sound at loft parties where you're taking up crazy speakers. So, yeah. That does come, I mean, obviously you still want the things to kick, but at the same time, if they can be more mobile and you still have that same resonance, then yeah, that's amazing. That's right. And, um, you know, interestingly enough, like for example, as far as like subwoofers are concerned, um, 
there's this uh, company um, called PowerSoft. They're, I think they're Italian. They also have a, a, an office in Jersey. They're known for making power amps. You know, they make like power amps and um, and but they've recently created like a new type of subwoofer driver, and it is. I mean, for the size, it it absolutely just blows anything else out of the water, and it's a lot smaller. But they just, you know change the technology behind it and even now uh people like function one are implementing their new subs into their new subs that they're coming out in 2021 right because it's just outperformed some other older stuff right and so if you look at what the manufacturers are looking at looking at like the actual components they're making it smaller um easier to like carry but even more powerful even louder and, and more dynamic and they sound amazing and so you could do that you can take this if you know how you build your own and, and bring that you know to your camp or, or to your event and just you know people will appreciate it you know because they're like wow this sounds incredible so in terms of like getting started with this stuff obviously you had a head start in terms of djing working in terms of installing sound systems and you were saying obviously it takes some carpentry but what are what are some things? I, I know I mentioned when we talked before that you said that there was a lot of things up on YouTube, and if you had actually been kind of accessing some of that stuff, you might have saved yourself some time. But uh, what, what what are some sort of some basic things in terms of if you're just getting started? What are some of uh, the mistakes you learned from, or what are some of the resources that are out there now that you may not have known of back then that would be make it easier for you? Yeah, sure. So. You know, when you think about um, the build, uh, the, one of the most challenging things is the subs, the subwoofers. Um, and the reason is because they're going to vibrate the most, you know. They're going to flex. You know, you're making it out, out of wood, which is going to give you the, the, the sound you want. But, you know, essentially a subwoofer is just wood and screws. That's it, you know. And if you don't build it right, what ends up happening is stuff starts coming apart. And uh, like you'll have also air, the air pressure. If it's if the air is not coming out of the port, like if all of a sudden one of the braces gets loose, um, all of a sudden you'll it'll start vibrating. It'll sound like farting noises, you know. <laughs> it almost sounds like it's uh, busted or something. Yeah, but it's not. It's just it's just you know you the wood brace is vibrating, it right. right. The wood is vibrating. It, it like got, you know. So for example, if you have a corner where the 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 basement you're building the corner, you know, you need it's a right angle, so you need the bottom wood, you need the top wood. But here, this corner, that's where the 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 actual air could escape if you don't brace it right. So the way to do that is you need to kind of sink the you know like make a little kind of like a canal in the wood so that the wood is kind of sinking in there rather than just screw it in that way because that's that's going to escape if you sink it in there like a canal then the air has to go down in and up it's unlikely it's going to escape right so little things like that using the right kind of screws that really fasten it um you know i i stay away from nails you know there's some of the like newer screws now that really dig in there there's no way to get them out um also the bracing right like um 
subwoofers have folds. That's one of the things that makes them really powerful. Um, so a lot of people just think, oh, why don't I just have like the bass driver in like a, a box, you know? And if you do that, it'll sound okay. But if you wanted to like say project out because you don't you don't want just like the first three people in front of it to feel it you want everyone to feel it you know all the way in the back as well so you need to make a horn and a fold so that the the air pushes further out and those folds have to be braced with those canals you know they have to be braced in a certain way and they have to be tuned to a specific size so that you can get a certain you know uh, low frequency out of them uh, so that was something I didn't know anything about when I first started. Um, I basically just built a box and I'm like, hey, this sounds okay. you know. And then I would take it to uh, like an event and I'm like, that doesn't sound as good as it did in my house. <laughs> <laughs> because by the time that you had been rattling on it for a few hours, then of course the things start to unravel. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, that's the right. But also, that's funny. So it would actually sound good and then you take an event, it sounds like shit after a minute and you're like, fuck, man. Yeah, and and part of it was, you know, I can't crank it in my house. You know, I, I have a townhouse. Right. right. Maybe in in, this, in New York, same deal. People live in apartments or whatever. You can't blast something the size of, like I say, a Function One subwoofer in an apartment or a house. But then, when you, you know? take to an event and you have hundreds of people, then you really are actually pushing it for real. Then. That's right, and if and if you haven't built the box properly, with the right bracing, with the right hardware, it starts coming apart. Or even if it doesn't come apart, because a lot of times you'll go to like, say, I thought about that too. Like, why don't I just like work with like, you know, like a pro carpenter guy that'll tell me. But those guys, they don't know about sound. They know how to get things to fit right, how to cut it. But that also doesn't mean it's going to sound great. You know, it's a certain type of kind of hybrid person that needs to really know how to do it. It's, they're kind of like engineers slash carpenters. Um, but there are some like tried and true designs that you'll find on the internet, like your folks, your your friends at Blackbird found, that will give you a better idea as to what works, right? And that's going to save you tons of time. You know, I mean, you buy a a, a piece of plywood and it's going to be a, a four by eight. It's going to be like sixty bucks. But if you mess up, you know, that's sixty bucks you flush down the toilet. So it's better to work with a plan that's tried and true. And then modify it, you know, um, to see what fits better for your purpose, right? Um, timing is another issue when you're setting up a sound system. So, like, for example, you'll notice, like, even in the Function 1s, it's like a folded horn. And what a folded horn means that the, the actual bass driver is not facing the crowd. It's facing inward. And it goes in, and then it goes around the horn, and it goes out, right? So that's about, I'd say, maybe three feet that the sound has to travel. So that means it's going to be about three milliseconds late from the tops. You know, because the tops are just, they're right in front of your face. So all of a sudden, this doesn't sound right, you know. Because you're, you're getting this kind of like almost galloping, gunk, gunk. Yeah. Because like, the mm -hmm. thing is slightly behind, so then... How do you how do, how do they adjust that then in the amps or? Well, some amps have that. Um, you know, some of the nicer amps have like an actual delay on them, so you'll delay the tops 
right? You'll delay. You don't delay the bottom because mm -hmm. they're already delayed. You delay the tops like by two milliseconds, and then so you, you can hear it. You know, like okay, yeah. now it's you tune the phase it. Is you right. tune it so that everything's hitting at the same time. That's right. Um, and then sometimes you know you just get a processor. That, they're these cheap. They're like a hundred. Like even a nice processor, like a drive rack, it's like a hundred and seventy bucks. And you could, you know, you can tune it and even adjust it. Um, and then that's another thing, you know, like it depends on your venue, you know, your, your sound system isn't going to sound the same in every venue, just like it doesn't sound the same in your house versus outdoor. One time we had a venue where it's like all glass windows, right? So it's just going to be super <laughs> reflective basically. Yeah. It's yeah. trickier. I so feel like when to... you, when you have like really reflective things like that, sometimes it's about trying to maybe even have like a four point system or something where it's a it, you know it's all playing inward there's yeah, there's, there's only so much you can do, do sometimes with spaces like that you know and also it, it also means you can't you know it might be okay when you're just at medium volume but the moment you get to like closer to full volume you'll really hear those reflections they hurt you know so you have to really position it right and um my my sound system I made it so that the tops you can angle them down. You know you can actually adjust the angle of them, so I can get them up high and then angle them down. So when it's packed, instead of it you know reflecting off the windows, it's it's going right to the people, and then it 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 just lessens that effect of. Yeah, like, I mean obviously crowds can deaden deaden the sound a little bit too. So the, you know that's the thing. Like uh, at least people mass can also be help actually help the sound in a room that would otherwise be terrible but then if it's filled with people then it's the people almost acting like the sound deadening in a way that's right that's right um you know so so there's a lot of things but yeah certainly the bass bins are like the toughest things to to build they're also heavy um you know they take up a lot you have to paint them too you know one thing that i, I remember uh we were working with a local um reggae sound system once um i i do sometimes events for like daybreaker and i help them with sound and they have a really nice reggae sound system that they built by hand i was like impressed you know the sound sounded great um but we were setting them up outside and all of a sudden started raining right <laughs> and uh i asked them like are your are your speakers waterproof because i see it. it's just wood you didn't paint them it's just wood you know, and they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, we had to run and get some tarps and just tarp it down. Because we knew, like, the next morning was when the Daybreaker early morning party was happening. And it was going to rain all night. And if that happens, they were, they were just be destroyed in the morning. You know, right. It it just all like ballooned up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's plywood. So it just, right. you know, it just starts expanding. Right, right, right. So you have to you have to coat it with like you know waterproof like speaker paint like even even function ones they have that you know they have like special paint that the water I mean you can't take them for a swim but if it rains on them it's it's not a problem right you know, yeah as as... yeah I was always kind of curious about that I mean obviously if the amps are built in then I guess the having them being rained on isn't the worst thing not ideal in terms of you don't want it sitting in a pool of water but yeah I guess they can get wet to a certain extent. Yeah, they can. I mean, I've seen where you can, they have like these little kind of protectors for the amps if they're built in. Like you can screw them on and it's it looks like, a, I don't know, like it's like a piece of glass, right? And you can just open it, put your connections and close it. 
But the best thing really, um, I, I encourage anyone that's building speakers to make them passive. Always make them passive. Don't ever build amp into the speaker. And the reason is because that you'll get more mileage out of it. You know, like I can, when you set up a sound system, you don't have outlets everywhere, right? Like you have in your house. In your house, you got like maybe in a room like here, I have like five, six outlets. Well, not many, five. I have like a couple, you know, a bunch. So I could put my speakers here. I could put my speakers there and I can always have a, I'll find a plug. But when you're like have a generator, you got one source of power, right? So I don't want to have to run. If I'm doing like a four point sound system, I don't want to have to run electrical cables to all my speakers. Um, that doesn't make sense, right? Not only that, it's kind of dangerous right? Um, because of the elements. And you're right? probably running more power that way, too, if you have to get individual amp sources from all these different speakers as opposed to running one big amp or whatever. That's correct. And oftentimes these amps that are also built in, they are not. They don't have proper ventilation. The sun's hitting them. That's another thing. It's not just about the rain. When the sun hits That's your speakers, true. That's true. Your your speakers are more apt to, to overheat. Yeah, well, they're the going to overheat the and shut down. The amp is, yeah. yeah, exactly. But if it's not built in, you have them in a nice shaded area, away from the playa dust, away from the rain, away from the sun. Uh, the rack mount amps are also have this amazing, you know, like ventilation, like these fans, right? So um, that's really the way to go. You don't want to to have um, amps built into your speakers. Um, I mean, if you do, you know, you're doing, you know, like like quick, quick and dirty, you know, like wedding type of things, great. But if you're actually going to take them outdoors, no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> nice, nice. And in terms of like kind of putting together like the right amps for the right systems, is that stuff that you kind of knew about setting up, you know, systems before? Or what would be kind of a good resource or for people to kind of learn more about that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, the truth of the matter is, um, you know, there, there's there's basic stuff you have to know, right? Like you have to understand things about wattage and, and uh, impedance like ohms. You know, depending on your four ohm amps, four ohm speakers, eight ohm speakers. Most amps that are professional, they they can switch automatically. You don't have to worry about it. It's not like in their home theater, you know, where it's like you've got to worry about that stuff. Um, in my opinion, um, not all amps are really made the same, right? That's what you should really know about that. Um, what I what I what I mean by that is, um, let's say, a Behringer amp versus a Crown amp. You know, it's a different animal. I don't care what Behringer's wattage says, the, the crown amp's going to be louder. Well, yeah, and, because uh, Behringer is Behringer. <laughs> <laughs> Behringer is like some like low end. I mean, I guess if you just need to get some basic shit, it's fine. But I, I always kind of associated them with uh, kind of uh, not the highest uh, quality uh, audio products. That's right. That's right. But it's, you know, so you could get like a crown amp that's not as much wattage and it's going to sound better it's going to sound you know like louder so don't but, look and at they're, just and the they're known for that right crown they've been making amps forever well they don't yeah you know, a lot of people don't know but jbl crown Harmon, they're all Harmon. Right, right it's all the same company okay it's all the the same company the uh, dvx they're also owned so all of their components kind of work together 
And that's really important because number one, you can get easy replacement parts, okay? These things break. Um, the other thing is they're American, so you know they're probably in your time zone. They'll actually answer the phone. The professional um, division of these companies is not like the uh, JBLs that you buy from your home theater. You know they have a, a pro, and you can actually call them and ask them these questions. You know I have this problem. I need this replacement part. Like how do I set this up? And so you get this level of support, and and that helps you a lot. I learned a lot from these tech guys. You know. Um, just from the companies them themselves, and, and you were they, just you were just buying drivers from them or horns, but they were actually giving you a lot of a fair amount of advice too. These guys love this shit, honestly. <laughs> and so, like they they will tell you, this is what I did. You know, this is what you can do. Um, but of course, there's books out there as well. You know, there's really good books about it. I think Yamaha put out a book, Pradeep. It's like no foreplay, straight, you know, <laughs> to like the fucking <laughs> straight, type of books. You straight know? to um, it. So, yeah, learn from people that know. That's my advice. Yeah, yeah, learn from people that know and then research it, read about it as well. But ultimately, unless you actually do it, you, you can learn the theory behind it. You can get all the right equipment. But unless you actually do it, you're not going to know because at the end of the day, you got to trust your ears. And every scenario, um, every type of venue is going to sound differently. And um, and you just have to know how to dial it in, you know, for, for specific types of venues. Um, and, and honestly, and the one that thing mean? that like, I'm learning like how, now... Yeah, like I was going to say, like, how did you even learn your ear to decide what was right over time? And is that kind of an evolving thing? Like, wh what are some things that you've kind of learned over the years that you've kind of tuned into? in terms of saying that sounds right like what yeah kind of yeah guides sure you? i think just going to venues that you know have like really good sound engineers and really good sound um in new york they've they've had many places like that in dc as well and uh you know you you sit in the middle of it and you sit and you walk around the venue don't just sit in the middle walk around it hear how it sounds in places see what they did you know like where the the placement was um see the effect of the subs you know like see how it affects the, the the dancing you know when when you have a really good sound system dial in and the bass drops you know people jump even if it's not that great of a song <laughs> you know and because it's hitting and, uh, them basically it's hitting them and they're like i love it i am you know drinking this amazing cocktail and or did whatever it is you did you know and put in your body and you know that bass is making me move and and ultimately that's what you want but it also if it's too much bass then also that's bad too you know because people get tired you know people aren't exactly olympians you know what i'm saying right you right so, so you i have mean to... it's, it's finding that balance it's almost like going to your favorite restaurant all right this is what this tastes like that i like and kind of doing the same thing with sound that's know? right that's right also seeing like they turn up the volume uh, you know, as the as the venue gets more packed, you know, when they first you first show up, it's not even at full volume at most venues. Um, and learn how it how it sounds when before, you know, people show up, when as they turn it up, see how different it sounds. All of these things like will help you so that when you're setting your thing up, you're not looking out for these things. As well. 
Yeah, in terms of just like kind of fine tuning what you think sounds right. It's just kind of developing your taste in anything really. Correct, correct. Um and and um and also there's places when you where you say, "Hey man, the sound here is horrible." You know, you'll know right away like this sound here is just bad. And find out why, you know? Like I went to um in a a place uh, it was like this lounge in DC. It was like a Latin like salsa lounge right so i'm latino myself <laughs> and um yeah well you're per peruvian right Where i'm peruvian yeah that's peruvian. right yeah and they had three different levels and they're like the sound is perfect on top but for some reason downstairs in the basement it's just horrible and i'm like i went down there it was um covered in mirrors <laughs> right and i'm like well that's the reason you know yeah, because that's like the, the thing about sound is, uh, I mean, I call it like the racquetball court effect, but uh, it's kind of like it just literally bounces around all the walls and then kind of clashes into each other. And that's kind of like why, you know, a lot of studios have this kind of deadening kind of sound because you just kind of want to hear what the sound is coming out of the speakers. But if the sound from the speakers is hitting the wall and then it coming back at you, but then you're also getting the sound from the speakers again, then it gets to sound like this kind of concophony, you know, almost a That's little right. bit. That's right. Um, and so, but there's I mean, even a lot of restaurants know? and stuff kind of sometimes fail at that, where it's like, yeah, you're not at a club, but you might want to have soundproofing because the music is on, not even that loud, and then people are talking, but because everything is bouncing all over the walls, you can't even hear anything. You know, that's right. You, you can't that's even right. hear the music. It just everything's loud and cacophonous. So that's the whole concept of soundproofing and kind of like that whole kind of concept so that then you're really just hearing the sound for what it is and it's not being bounced around the room so much. That That's absolutely right. But like from their perspective, they were like ready to plop down tons of money to build like a whole new sound system for them. Like, no, you don't have to. Right. And right. then I told them, Let, let's get you some curtains. They literally put curtains over the mirrors on both sides and that improved like the sound dramatically right and ended up costing them like a couple of hundred instead of a few thousand that they probably would have still had the same problem they were like sworn it's just because our speakers aren't good enough you know that's what they thought right right um the other thing to look for is look at go to places where you have different genres um where they have djs and, and bands versus bands and djs notice how the sound um is done you know, in places where they have bands versus places where they do have DJs. And also look at the DJs, you know, like at a certain point, if you're a DJ and you're first starting out, okay, because I've had a lot of younger type of DJs ask me like, hey, I want to build my own sound. I can't afford, you know, Function One. Can you help me build it? And I was like, sure, absolutely. Um, but then I, I tell them like, you know, have you ever played on a big sound system? And, you know, they're like, no, I mean, I'll just play on my little, you know, KRK monitors here in my house. And I said, well, um, what it is is every little thing that you do when you're mixing, like with the EQs especially, as you're bringing in a new song, you're going to be able to hear that because it's super loud. You know, when you make mistakes, it gets amplified as well. And uh, and that's something that, you know, you just can't, you're not going to know unless you're you're in a big sound system and you, you actually experience it for the first time. And you realize like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm a little heavy handed with that flanger effect you know maybe i should dial it down a little because that's like <laughs> hurting my ears yeah or even the production on certain on certain records you know really kind of stands out more 
you know it's funny you say that like the 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 newer pioneers mixers that they came out with um i think it's called like the the v10s okay. came out in 2021 or 2020 they have a compressor now per channel and the reason they have that is because um a lot of like older like house heads ask for it because they they know that um some older records you know they didn't have the best um production value right so the bass is like down here whereas in some of the newer records the bass is up here you know and like just the levels aren't right so they made the compressor so you could you know get the levels a little closer so when you're blending them in it's not you know completely different you know wow that's crazy yeah and and you won't know that unless you play it on a big sound system you know on like a smaller monitor it's it's not that obvious especially because of the bass um the the sound systems a lot of people have for their for their home setup you know um they'll they'll go with a studio studio monitors i mean i have some you have them you know, we all have them but a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of studio monitors especially some of the smaller ones they don't go low you know they go down to like maybe 70 hertz or something like that um at a big club or something you know the the speed the subs are going to go down to like you know 30 maybe even 25 and um you know that's where you feel it you really feel it and and um and so i encourage everyone you know to have subwoofers if they really want to like try to experience especially down right now during lockdown where you're not going to the club <laughs> get a sub that goes lower um so you could really um produce on the uh, where a lot of actions happening where the bass is happening yeah know? i mean i think that is something you know when people don't necessarily haven't gravitated toward dance music or don't necessarily follow it and you know uh, it's like uh, it's kind of repetitive or whatever but there's a certain kind of like experience that i think you know definitely kind of helped steered me more into dance music you know specifically like drum and bass and you know, kind of bass heavy stuff back in the day was going and hearing it on a serious, like hearing serious DJs on a serious system at a party. And you're just like, okay, now I'm like, you know, really there is something that's kind of like different than just hearing the track, even in your headphones or even in your car stereo or even on a home studio or, or home system, but to hear it out with, a bunch of people that you know are down with it and again not just because it's a hit song or whatever but you know kind of like cutting edge or whatever you know moves you musically you know it just uh it definitely opened me up i think like the concept of hearing things on a system it definitely you know it just changes the dynamic of how you understand the music you know when you've heard some of these tracks on a big system you know that's right it's it's a big part of the culture the bass you know dance culture bass go hand in hand and um i think that a lot of uh, a lot of my i remember when i was in the 90s i would try to share some of these like cool rave techno songs with some of my friends and family and they just didn't get it at all they're like what is right. this noise right right and then right. i remember i brought my cousin over once to like this rave party at this warehouse where they had this like back in the day they had like the avalon system i think and um yeah he was like i get it you know, just <laughs> <laughs> saying, you kind of do have like a revelation, but that's yeah. yeah. Like, wow, I feel it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
But that's, you know, I mean, that's cool. I mean, like I said, I still would be somewhat intimidated not being much of a carpentry head or an engineering head. But, uh, you know, I like you said, I know that there is resources on the Internet and, you know, maybe you can even team up with people in a way, you know. Like even if you teamed up with someone who is a carpenter but also kind of showed him or her exactly what you wanted to do with uh, making the product, you know. Like if nothing else, build a sub. That's what I would recommend everyone that's locked down right now, practicing at home, doing live streaming, build a sub. Reach out to me if you don't know what you're doing. All right, watch I can, out. I can, <laughs> I can help you build one for cheap that's going to kick your ass, you know? It's um, like, like, as seen on TV, Geos, build your own sub. You know? Yeah, that's right. And it won't cost you like an arm and a leg. And, and you know, um, and no, but that's kind enough, of like a good thing. It's like you're trying to like get people out in the world to be like, hey, you know, you can actually have your own system in your own home. It wouldn't cost you as much as you think. So I think that's, uh, no, it's noble, you know? Yeah. I just, I just want them to think that way, you know, like at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it sounds like, uh, like a lot, but if you have the right guidance and uh, direction, it's not that much work. The hard part is figuring it out. But once you work with someone or, or pick their brain, that's figured it out, you'll, you'll be able to build one real easy with not a lot of money. Um, but interestingly enough, um, Jim, the, the, the deal is, um, even now, um, function one and, and, and void acoustics are, are selling home speaker systems. That's like their new thing in 2020, because I guess no one's buying their speakers. <laughs> they've released, um, home speakers and they're in both cases are 2.1 systems where they're like two small monitors and a sub right right and uh they they made this big fuss about it like yeah you know this is great for um for for uh for streaming and you're producing at home and all this stuff and i'm I'm actually gonna get a hold of one of them in in later this month and i'm gonna like see how it compares to mine my my designs um you know see what they're doing you know and learn from them nice there it is and you also have this whole, uh, you know, translating uh, technology thing. I know we've been talking for a while, though, so uh, I know that would be a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can very be brief. <laughs> I can be brief. So um, no, cap- no, it's uh, all good. You know, sound system is something I do on the side. That's not my career. Um, I'm in the broadcast television industry, um, and uh, one of the newest things that I've been focused on is um, how to create voices with artificial intelligence right um so it's sound related but i wanted to do it where like you know when you have a speaker that's a very charismatic speaker okay um i i I don't care who it is it could be like martin luther king you know john f kennedy whoever um they have the the way they they speak their tone their emotion cadence or whatever yeah flexions they almost have more meaning than the words that they're actually saying and they add so much to it um so when you translate when you hire like say a voiceover guy in a different language they're not going to get the same cadence that martin luther king can can get you know they're not going to get the same cadence that you know um like say uh even even somebody like you know like in the corporate sector let's say steve jobs you know he has a special way of, of conveying stuff um and and so our AI, what it does is 
it actually listens to the voice and analyzes their cadence and their inflections or emotions and it creates a voice in Spanish that sounds like them but not only sounds like them but says it the way they would say it right and um, and it's quite freaky to be honest with you it uh, I mean I've shown it to some of my my family who speak Spanish and they're like wow you know like so it's like a, it's a translator but it actually also translates you know into uh, the cadence and the kind of tone as well as the actual you know the words from say English to Spanish or do you guys do other languages too like have you developed uh... well we can go for, right now we started with English and Spanish just because it's um you know there's so many Spanish yeah yeah people. basic but there's also um you know we're gonna do Russian we're gonna do French you know um, it's just a matter of just adding more data to our system right right um, and adding new languages but the the main part of it that the part that analyzes right the voice that part's done that was the hard part now it's a matter of just getting that like um in fact i could play a little clip for you if you'd like um if that's okay yeah sure um, okay so here's uh samuel l jackson uh talking in spanish from the um the movie pulp fiction this is um i'm gonna share my screen here well, I mean, we're not. I'm just recording on audio, so it doesn't matter on the okay. screen. Here we go. Can you hear this? Tú recuerdas a tus. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna play it for you. This is him, um, uh, you know, talking to those people. Tú recuerdas a tu socio comercial, verdad? Déjame hacer una suposición salvaje. Eres Brett, verdad? Sí. Ya lo sabía. ¿Te acuerdas de tu socio comercial, Marcelus Wallace, verdad, Brett? Sí, lo recuerdo. Bueno, parece que yo y Vicente los tenemos ustedes, chicos, desayunando. Lo siento por eso. ¿Qué tienes? Hamburguesas. Hamburguesas. La piedra angular de todo desayuno, mi tripia. So, there you go. <laughs> so this is uh, basically, um, we took that clip from Pulp Fiction. And, uh, you know, when Samuel Jackson is about to cap these dudes and, uh, you know, he's kind of like, you know, asking him, like, what are you eating? You're eating hamburgers, you know, and, and it, it does it has it captures the same mannerism that Samuel L. Cat, you know, speaks in. Um, and we did it with a lot of other like famous voices and, and it just does a great job about it. And, um, um, you know, I was I was hoping they would get the, the part where he gives that uh scripture but well maybe next time <laughs> we'll find more time for that. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> uh too much that's pretty crazy stuff though and uh are you guys still developing this or is this rolling out like how is this uh what stage of the development is this at yeah we're gonna roll it out um actually um uh, most likely in the next month or so uh so we're really close to rolling it out and we want to try it out you know with uh, different voices different people um I think it it really uh, captures something that no other artificial intelligence can has captured. So we're really excited about it, and um, we think it's gonna um, really help, you know, especially the Latino community, uh, because there's a lot of great teachers out in the world, you know, and for them to not just subtitle it in Spanish, but to for them to be able to transfer their emotions to Spanish. It'll be able to connect with the Latino community much better, 
and they'll be able to to learn from all of these you know like teachers you know latinos um in general like growing up you know like i can speak for my family at least maybe not all latinos you know i don't represent the whole latinos but at least for my family they were kind of always watching you know univision or telemundo because that was the only thing that's it you know that was where they got all their news that was where they watched all their entertainment and a lot of the programming there you know is, is pretty good but you know it's very limited it's just two channels um you know imagine if they were able to you know like watch like you know discovery or like national geographic or, or like, three's you know, company these... really yeah three's company imagine <laughs> that you know yeah <laughs> imagine how much more culture they'd be if they were able to Co see bosom buddies Cob and cobra know. kai you know <laughs> yeah but uh but you know in general in general no, I, hear it's, um, I hear you no i mean no it, it, in terms of just expanding like especially you know and maybe vice versa you know that's right that's right and um and and right now with uh it's different now because you know now there's youtube and there's uh social media so um you know i let's say for example i um you know i i, I see like hey you know there's there's um like say my grandma you know like she could i could record her and she could speak something in spanish you know for her grandchildren who don't really speak spanish anymore you know or great-grandchildren at this point i'm her grandchildren um and they and i could translate her voice into english and now they're able to hear their grandma like in you know in a, in a language they understand much better just because they're third generation you know latinos growing up in dc yeah that's wild yeah, no, there's a lot of different, uh, I think, uh, applications for it beyond just uh, <clears throat> catching up on old TV shows, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that is, uh, that's pretty crazy. And in terms of, like, music, I know we're, we haven't even really talked too much about music, but uh, obviously, where, where is your kind of, like, bass? You said, you, you know, you obviously DJed for a long time. Like, uh, what kind of stuff did you spin or, or what kind of stuff do you kind of gravitate towards musically? I mean, growing up in D.C., um, you know, I heard a lot of R&B. I heard a lot of go-go. Uh, go-go, of course. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, we used to go on shoots with uh, my friend and go to Rare Essence concerts. Nice. That was a lot of fun. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I've never seen those, Rare Essence. Those That's concerts amazing. are wild, man. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, and of course, hip-hop. You know, hip-hop growing up on... I, I grew up in a place called Adams Morgan in dc and you know it was like a lot of hip-hop there and uh so that's what i i you know learned a lot from and that's kind of what introduced me to dj culture you know because it also taught me this that you didn't have to be an amazing dj to throw a party right you just had to have you know like a decent sound system and good selection of tunes you know um and um i think a lot of um a lot of DJs today, you know, they, they want to get, you know, they want to, like, invest in, like, fancy, like, mixers and CDJs or controllers and, you know, um, before they, they invest in sound systems. And uh, I think that's a mistake because I could rock a party with an iPod as long as I have some good subwoofers, you know. Like, and, and that's kind of what my mentality was growing up, you know. Like, you DJ to rock a party. You don't DJ to, you know, to like imitate somebody else or, you know, um, 
And that was my mentality. I'm not saying the other way is wrong. I'm just saying that's how I grew up. And, uh, and so I always listened to music for how it could rock a party, right? I was never like, like, let me hear, you know, what's the cool, like, underground sound or, or, or let me, like, explore this genre. I always said, you know, if I go to a party and the party's not rocking, then I'm moving on to the next party, you know, or I'm going to go follow whatever DJ is actually rocking the party. And that was my, my perception, you know. I like dancing. I like seeing the, the people dancing. And so I always wanted to find music that could do that. Uh, so it could, it would, you know, change from rock to like disco to like hip hop, you know, as, as long as it could rock the crowd, that was what I cared about. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, some selections or whatever. We can figure that out later. Uh, so All whatever right. you want to do, we'll sort that out. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would go with an R&B mix, man. A lot of people don't realize that you can rock a party with R&B. Oh, definitely. And, and definitely. Uh, that's always a fun party, man, because people like to get down to R&B, man. This is true. Either. This is true. This is true. Yeah, no, play, well, like I said, you give me whatever. But, I mean, I, I'm beyond all of any of this shit. It's really nice to uh, see you and talk to you, you know. I uh, I don't know. It's kind of funny, this whole shit. It's sort of made me a little more antisocial. I should reach out to people more. But, uh, you know, this is also just part of the podcast is just reaching out to people that I like and just, you know, having a conversation or whatever. But um, it's good to talk to you, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, you Jim, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure as well. And I, you know, I, I consider you a good friend and I always like following your, you know, your, your, uh, your posts. My and always rants. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'm like, oh man, like what's, what's up in the world? Let me look up what Jim's got to say, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times <laughs> I'm just, I'm pushing out other people's things, you know, just because I feel like they're the ones spending the time really researching the shit or whatever. So, you know, it's, uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy world. I mean, it really is quite depressing to be honest and just overwhelming at times, but you know, you got to just stay optimistic in a way like you have to just even if things are dark, you have to know like there is good people in the world and there is people trying to do the right thing. So just try to rally behind that and just try to fight all the bullshit in between, you know. So I don't know, like it's <laughs> like I don't see it not getting any less dark in terms of like just the stuff that we're up against with these fascists and shit that's going on. But uh, I yeah, mean, there I, is a, there, you know, not fighting is not really an option. So you just have to just stay alive, be good to the people that you love and just keep fighting. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, and I want to tell you, you know, because I'm, I'm in D.C. right now and. You know, what we saw this week was really um, very stressful and, and caused me a lot of anxiety and caused a lot of a lot of people, a lot of um, a lot of problems. And um, and I had this like I want to tell you about this earlier, but I just mentioned it to you because it's a really quick thing. But I had oh, a nightmare last night. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've been having trouble sleeping, quite frankly, this this week. But I had a nightmare last night that really freaked me out. And I never have nightmares. Um, and um Basically, I'll tell you what my nightmare is, is, and I normally don't remember him, but this time I do. Um, so I was in this, like, house in the woods, and I was with a bunch of my friends, close friends, right? And uh, 
there's this like um to give you context there's like this horror movie and then there's like the spoof on the horror movie of like where someone says like you know read some like spell out of a book and then everyone like evil dead shit yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and the name of that book the uh, montamontacon or some shit exactly yeah that's right that's right and (laughs) it was some basically like that you know but what freaked me out was that i guess like you know one minute you know, everyone was friends, and I was there with my friends, and the next minute, like, it was like, everyone was just, like, gone, and angry, and wanted to hurt each other, and that freaked me out, you know, because, like, it's one thing, you know, if you see it in the movies, but if it's, like, your close friends that you really care about, and all of a sudden, you know, they're just, like, angry to the point of violence, um, you know, it's, like, heartbreaking, it was heartbreaking for me, to see them in that state, you know? And, um, and, uh, I didn't know what to make of it when I woke up, to be honest with you. I was just like really freaked out. Cause I was like, you know, I, I don't want to fight with my friends. I don't want them to fight with each other. Um, I consider them my brothers and, um, and sisters too. You know, there were like women in my dream as well, who I care a lot about. And, you know, like when I saw that look of like, just hate, and and it was like they had the devil inside of them you know and for whatever reason in my dream it was because of what somebody said that caused them to you know basically change into this like mindless zombie like hateful like violent person and uh you know it's it's to me it was like basically i i believe that everyone in this world including my closest friends and family they can get to that point if they're triggered you know uh in a certain way it's almost like everyone has that potential of of just losing it and and you know becoming violent and you know wanting to kill if it gets to that point and uh, and you know i think we should be mindful that you know anger and hate is contagious um and in some cases addictive Right. And um, I'm not sure I'm not a psychologist or anything. I just know how my dream made me feel. But we need to you know, keep those kind of emotions in check because, you know, they just lead to more of, of that. You know, like next thing you know, you know, you're, you're fighting. You have to understand, like, what what sometimes when people are angry and violent, it's because somebody put that onto them, you know, and triggered them to get to that point. And yeah. in some cases, it's like people who are malicious and, you know, manipulative who who do it on purpose, right? Like some leaders in some cases. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's that and that there's also just the actual conditions on the ground in this world. I mean, especially in, you know, that there's, you know... I mean, like my thoughts on capitalism is that there's no there's no bottom, there's no net, there's no safety net, you know, and uh, and that you definitely have conditions that have generally gotten worse over the decades for, you know, whatever the middle class, especially the poor. And, you know, those things, those things are a violence onto themselves, you know, that, you know, if you you don't give people health care or they have cancer and then after they have cancer they have a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar hospital bill. You know? 
that you've had people who've killed themselves because they don't know how to deal with paying for their bills or paying for their stuff. So it's like, you know, there there is kind of a violence that kind of creates, you know, some of these underlying conditions. And like I said, I'm not trying to make any kind of apologist for straight-up white nationalists or Nazis or whatever. Fuck them. But, you know, you just... You do have a lot of conditions on the ground where I think people... Like, I think people should be angry at the police. They should be angry at our politicians by the way that we're being treated. So I also think it's, like, how you direct that anger. You know, like, if you kind of are just mindlessly flailing about or whatever, but, you know, there's certain things that... You know, I, I know, like, Jimmy Dore was getting a bunch of flack from like people because he was kind of pushing this we should have a force of the vote thing for medicaid for all but the whole thing is you know even if you're like a fan of jimmy Dore's style or not or whatever i do think people have a right to be fucking angry and they should be angry and i kind of like in my personal things i respond to people like you know like this other dude richard medhurst who's uh out of the west coast but you know has been doing a lot of stuff uh you know a lot of like you know just covering assange and alternative news and he's just legitimately pissed you know and uh he'll call out shit and he'll swear and uh i think it's actually good i think there is a, a catharsis also when you're kind of acknowledging the anger that you should have as opposed to kind of burying it like you know there's certain things in this society that we should be absolutely infuriated about that even during a pandemic, we can't get Medicaid for all, you know, it's just, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, I mean, I definitely think like, yeah, you know, in terms of like, you know, I wouldn't even say I'm completely like nonviolent, you know, when it comes to that, if there's people that are doing violence on you and they're not necessarily going to change, what do you expect to just keep turning the other cheek while they beat the shit out of you? But you know, I'm not advocating for violence. I'm just saying that it's like I also think like this quote unquote nonviolent revolution is kind of like that's sort of a joke. Every revolution is violent. You know, the state right now is violent to its own citizens. So you I, I, know. I personally believe that. Um I personally believe that yeah, like what you're talking about is, you know, something that affects you specifically or affects a person specifically. That's true. What I'm talking about, though, is not not so much that because I agree with you that, you know, when you you need to, you should get angry to get things done, you know, right. to right. to like to basically raise awareness and to like speak out against evil. It's kind of like if that. you get cut, you feel it and you're hurt, but the the yeah. feeling part of it is that your body's telling you, hey, you're hurt and you should take care of this. And I think like the anger is is kind of can act in a similar way where it's kind of telling you that you don't feel right. Like something has happened to you or to people, you know, or to, you know, that isn't right. And that's, that is the natural emotion that comes from that is that, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I speak out a lot as well and I get pissed as well, but I'm talking about like, there's people that take that, right. Take your anger and manipulate something that and manipulate it. And they make you do things that, aren't going to serve you, but they're going to serve them, right, in some way. And that's what I think my dream was about, because these people, they weren't, they weren't angry at each other, right? But somehow someone told them something that made them want to kill each other, you know? And um, 
and it was like it had nothing to do with reality it, it you know like they they it didn't have anything to do with their lives or what they're what they were angry or that they, they were wrong but they were just manipulated into a situation where they felt compelled to to go along with violence right and um and hatred and it had nothing to do with them you know it had nothing to do with me um but you know there there are people that you know when it's kind of like intoxicating you know it's just like you know like uh in, in vegas they give you drinks so you get you know <laughs> all right you <laughs> so gamble you more spend, that's right you know like and and it's not like you you decided hey i want to you know play blackjack it's like ah, i'm fucking drunk like okay go do that right. you well know? no it is it is a way that like they're channeling this people's anger in, in a bad way and then a lot of times it is it is so that they can be manipulated manipulated yeah. i agree that's that's what um i think i i was freaked out about and you know and i and i and i tell my my friends and family like don't listen to this crap you know like if you want to know like I, the latest thing for example is like oh uh you know don't get the vaccine because it's going to do this and that to you you know and this is what i'm hearing from some of my my family and i'm like where did you hear this? You know, it's like, oh, I read it somewhere. And I'm like, you know, maybe you should talk to your doctor, you know, like, you know, like, where did you read it from? You know, and then they're like, I just saw this uh, post or this article. And, and uh, so, yeah, I should be careful. I shouldn't take it, you know, and, uh, and I'm not, I'm not making this up, you know, this is actually no, no, stuff I I've know. been telling me. And, and I'm like, I know some what people that are kind talking of, about? <laughs> I mean, I think the problem is, is they've definitely rushed this thing. So, I don't think that it's been vetted properly. At the same time, I don't think that, you know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't necessarily take it. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but, you know, usually they have more time to vet these things. But I, I do think people kind of go kind of too far in the other direction or even just saying that the COVID stuff is overhyped. You still even deal with that in some circles. And it's like, I don't know. There's far too many people who have died. I mean, I've luckily not personally really known people that have passed, but I've known people, you know, especially people that <clears throat> grew up in New York. So when it hit New York pretty hard, they lost some family members. And, you know, I think, you know, even like with some of these DJs playing parties, you know, it's kind of like you're playing parties now, you know, it's kind of like insidious, you know, it's like, I just don't think it's something to be trifled with. And, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully the vaccine, you know, if they actually can roll it out properly instead of like wasting doses or whatever they're doing, you know, hopefully it'll have some sort of an effect. But, uh, I mean, I think people's apprehension with some of the, uh, the vaccinations where they might sound more, anti-vax than usual i mean part of it is that it really hasn't been tested properly so you know there could be some side effects from it but that you know that being said i feel like there's a lot of people that just have not taken this seriously enough still obviously you have some of these like really you know they had some religious concert in la where they had you know it's just and what's going to happen is these kind of events are going to keep it's spreading around. So it's just like, yeah, I think like there's a lot of misinformation and, uh, as much as I rail on mainstream media and I will still continue to rail on it, but you know, even with like independent media, you just, you know, you got to make sure that they're, they're on the level, you know? 
that's the thing you know like don't don't just read something and and you know like act like it's fact like the truth is it's a business you know take it from me i'm I'm someone that comes from that that media and entertainment sector well i think there is good independent websites that really are trying to do the right thing you know but i mean again that's stuff that you should you know find or whatever but uh you know but yeah like like i'll give you an example of of like the kind of insidious stuff i'm talking about okay and then maybe i'll I'll end with that yeah that's <laughs> um, no, all good something that something's called clickbait i'm sure everyone knows what that is you know clickbait you see like this this kind of um article with a uh, a title that you know makes you want to click on it and hear see what it has to do right and usually the the, the theme changes depending on what's in, what's on people's minds because you're not going to you know talk about you know something that happened a year ago you're going to talk about something that is in people's minds right now what's in people's minds is the vaccine and so if you if you put a, a, a like a like an article that says vaccine you know will kill you vaccine will give you pimples or something like that you know what i mean um and then you click on it and then um it's basically like all bullshit you know and but but there's all these like ads on the side you've seen those you know ads on the side and stuff like that every time you click on these things if someone's making money off of someone right and it has nothing to do with with news there's nothing there about from a doctor or anything it's just to get clicks just to get clicks and well, then even, yeah even reuters which you know i mean they're i have problems with their news in terms of just foreign policy they're generally like yeah, they imperi- do it too they're yeah, imperious bootlickers you know that they they like to put position themselves like an ap like and you know ap can be terrible too but just like this kind of objective like we're just reporting things that are happening you know right. but they but, had but, they had this crazy misleading headline about like how a covid nurse you know, got COVID from the vaccine, but then was buried like down in the article that she had only taken one of the two shots and that there's a higher percentage of testing positive after you've taken the first shot, but you're supposed to take the second shot for it to be effective. So essentially the article was just bullshit. It was kind of like a more fan. And this wasn't even some like corny. This was Reuters kind of like playing that clickbait game. To get people right. to be like, oh my God, a nurse got it from the vaccine. Yeah, and, and it and sort of like triggers all the kind yeah. of anti vaxxers to be like, you know, that they're going to at least read the article and then you read halfway through and then, the, you know, you get towards and you the end it. and then it's bullshit. But I mean, even, it, even right? before you shared it, it's just. It's just straight up clickbait, exactly. That's right. Know? So, so that's, that's what I'm talking about, right? It's just, you know, people get manipulated into clickbait and then it starts a rumor that people end up thinking it's fact right and um yeah i mean they're doing a lot of that stuff with china you know in terms of just a lot of the bullshit that they leverage against china it's based on complete bullshit some sort of like unverified or anonymous intelligence official or whatever but then enough you know news organizations share the same innuendo and it becomes like what is that? The uh, you know that whispering game that you played in school, where you whisper in one ear, you know whatever telephone. You know it just becomes a game of telephone where the the same kind of innuendo gets spread around and whatever. That's right, man. I'm I'm with you 100% on that, and and that's that's what to, to watch out for, and 
I encourage everyone, you know, like to to really learn from from professionals. You know, do your own research. Don't just take someone some random article's word for or something. You'll see that you'll find the truth of things, you know, from for yourself. Um, Build your and, own uh, speakers too. Get, yeah. <laughs> Build your own speakers. Build That's your what own you guys speakers really do. and do some research on your own damn articles, buddy. That's no. right. You know, don't but, just uh, like take someone's word for it. Anyways, Geo, <laughs> it was so good to talk to you, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to the mix, man. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Jim, thanks a lot. It's great to see you, and and uh, I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope to see you soon, man. To hear Giovanni Galveston's exclusive Stark Reality playlist, check out episode 22 of Stark Reality on Mixcloud or live and direct on jasoncharles.net podcast network music shows. You've been listening to Small Changes, Stark Reality on jasoncharles.net. JasonCharles.net Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep.